And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you all are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my friend Alex Sears. It's always a good time talking to Alec. And uh, we dove into some uh, important topics. We, uh, we talked about the great porn debate of 2019. We talked about Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Uh, and we talked about the Afghanistan papers and, we, uh, and what we've learned from the Afghanistan papers, essentially, that we've been lied to by our government for almost two decades now. So that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, before I get to Alec, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the podcast. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with Alex Sears. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Alex Sears. Alec, how you doing, brother? Doing real good, Brady. Excited to be here. Yeah, man, it's been a while. It's been a while. You're usually on like every couple months, but uh, yeah, man, it's been a minute. So uh, yeah, dude, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I was going to end the show with uh, a little bit of Afghanistan talk, but I, we really have to start the show off with uh, with the Afghanistan papers. Um I've read the Afghanistan papers. You said you read most of it. I'll, I'll paraphrase what was in this report. It's an information dump um, highlighting our time in the beautiful country of Afghanistan in the last 18 years. I'll paraphrase. Essentially, the federal government has been lying to us about Afghanistan the entire time, claiming that we were making progress when we really were not, sugarcoating the truth, which is that we've accomplished nothing in Afghanistan, and there's no clear mission. There never really was a clear mission. There's no end game. There's no exit strategy. We're just there, um, shooting camels in the ass. So, look, man, uh, what were your takeaways reading some of this shit? Uh, well, well, first of all, I want to say, you know, congratulations to the Washington Post for actually doing some good reporting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the things I noticed is that this entire, you know, article and research it all predates Trump. So. Because yeah. uh, the, they were fighting, you know, a three-year court battle just to get, you know, the ability to re- release all of this information. So good, good for the Washington Post actually, actually, you know, doing their jobs, getting out good, solid uh, reporting. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm right there with you. It is, you know, absolutely ridiculous that, uh, and and also the fact that this wasn't even really a partisan decision because you know there were two presidents who were involved with this. Uh, and it was, you know, more of a Pentagon decision that like, oh, yeah, we're just going to consistently mislead the American populace, not, not because the information is classified or the information is sensitive, just because we're getting our asses kicked. And we 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 want the it, it's like they still wanted the popular support to continue the war, even though, like you said, there is no exit strategy. There is no, you know, good reason to be there anymore as you know, I'm not really sure what Pentagon officials were, were hoping to get out of something like that. Right now, there's a battle going on at Bagram Air Base in northern Afghanistan, north of Kabul. Uh, 
Um, this is going on as we speak. Okay, there's still a firefight going on as we speak. Um, in the last 24 hours, the Taliban has breached um, the base wall. They knocked down a 20-foot wall with a, some kind of suicide bomb, a car bomb. Um, the Taliban gained access to the base, our Air Force base, occupied a building that was used being used as a hospital and burned it down. Um, no Americans were killed um, as of now, uh, but the Taliban keeps reattacking the base over and over. Um, I actually have a buddy and uh, an avid listener of this show. I'm not going to say his name, obviously, but he is uh, in the Air Force. He's a career Air Force man. Um, he's he's at the base currently in Afghanistan, and he's kind of given me a little bit of uh, the details on the ground as they're happening. Um, dude, our military deserves way fucking better than this. Like, our, our military deserves better than this. Like, our boys are just there. They're just in Afghanistan. They're, they're bombing Taliban targets from time to time. If they find some Al-Qaeda folks, they bomb them. And then the rest of the time, they're just sitting there out at this base just serving the purpose of being target practice for the Taliban. They're just sitting ducks there, man. They're just there, getting shot at from time to time. Why? Like, you can make the case, and a lot of people more intelligent than me have made the case that we need to leave a contingent of troops in Iraq. And like I'm sympathetic to that case, right? Like Obama pulled all the troops out and then ISIS took over and fucked over the entire country. Like I get that. We never should have invaded Iraq, for, you know, to begin with, but that's whatever. We we broke it, we buy it, right? You can make the case that we need a contingent of troops in northern Syria to protect the Kurds from the Turks or whatever. Like I never should have been involved in the Syrian civil war in my opinion. But hey, I guess. I mean, a lot of people have made the case in an intelligent way that we need troops there to protect the Kurds, whatever. There's no case, there's no logical case to be made staying in Afghanistan. It's been 18 years. Osama bin Laden has been dead for seven years. There's just, there's no reason to be in Afghanistan. Afghanistan is where empires go to die. We tricked, the Carter administration tricked the Soviets into invading Afghanistan. Uh, Then National Security Advisor Brzezinski said, quote, we needed to give them their own Vietnam. Unquote. Because it, it was known then, as it's known now, Afghanistan is an unwinnable war. You can't do it. Genghis Khan couldn't hold Afghanistan. Geographically, it's impossible. Culturally, it's impossible. The Taliban is not like Al-Qaeda. It's not like ISIS. It's not like Boko Haram. It's not like Islamic Jihad. They are a terrorist group. They're just as evil as those groups. But they're also intertwined into every aspect of Afghani society. I mean, they're not just the the dudes with beards down to their balls carrying AK-47s. Yes, they are those people, but they're also senators and doctors and business owners. I mean, like, to win a war in Afghanistan, we'd have to send five divisions of armor and infantry to occupy every village in Afghanistan until we kill every single member of the Taliban. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. Or, alternatively, we could get the fuck out. Sorry, man, I'm a little worked up about this. No, with good reason. I mean, and, and you're totally right. Our, you know, our forces are basically sitting ducks out there, and they do deserve better. They don't deserve to be sitting, you know, in the middle of a desert country, and you know, thousands and thousands of miles from home and, and safety. I mean, at the very least, you know, we have aircraft carriers that you can park in a sea and do missions from there. But I mean, it's it's becoming futile at this point to even have forces and a good majority of the middle east just because it's uh i mean like you said it's been 18 years and uh well sorry right now i got a helicopter flying over me 
but um yeah it's at this point like it's a war of attrition but which side is fighting the war of attrition like it doesn't like are we fighting the war of attrition or is the taliban fighting the war of attrition who wins in this scenario it doesn't make sense i mean we we lose i mean we we will lose some would say we have lost in afghanistan i mean we've made essentially no progress the taliban is more influential in afghani society now than it was in 2001 i mean like just cut bait cut bait and look man look members of the armed forces are willing to die for their country they're a lot braver than you and i and god bless them but not for this not for this not in a war with no clear objective not in a war with no clear enemy no clear mission and no exit strategy. Not, no more. No more. Not a single one of our boys should die in Afghanistan. Absolutely fucking not. Not without a clear objective. Now, they're not fighting for anything at this point. They're just there perpetuating this war. It's just fucking infuriating. And this, of course, this is on Bush, and it's on Obama, and it's on Trump. And it's on the Pentagon. It's there's a plenty of blame to go around. It's you know, like you said, it didn't just come from presidents. Just you know, if you read the Afghanistan papers, and I'll I'll tweet it out right after I tweet out the show, so everybody can read it. Um, it's a little long, but worth it. I mean, it's it, it's every level of the federal government has been perpetuating this war and misleading the public, down to the generals, to the bureaucrats. Man, it's it, it's. T- Somebody in the audience, find me a pundit to come debate with me on, on Afghanistan. Like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm racking my brain, and I cannot think of a feasible justification for still maintaining a troop presence on the ground in Afghanistan. There's just no case to be made. You cannot change my mind on that at this point. It'll be interesting to see whether or not any senators or representatives have the guts to actually take these Afghanistan papers and then do an investigation into the Pentagon. Because the easy thing to do would be to say, oh, the Washington Post secured some of this, you know, material or information illegally. We'll do an investigation on them, try and figure them out. You know, the FBI could have a hand in that. But the hard thing to say is we messed up. We need to figure out who who's responsible and then hold them accountable. And, you know, as it stands right now, I don't know if I see any current, you know, representatives doing that. I I think you're right. I don't, uh, you know, maybe like a a Thomas Massey or or somebody like that, maybe, or a Rand Paul. Um, But, I mean, they bring these these topics up so much that, you know, people kind of tune them out at this point, which is wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, they absolutely should not tune tune guys like Rand Paul out, but I think that's unfortunately what's been happening. You know, honestly, the one person that may take this seriously would be the President of the United States. Because for better or for worse, and in this case it could be for the better, I don't know. I don't know if he will take on the Pentagon over this, but or if he's read these this report. I, I doubt he's read it. But if somebody can put this on Donald Trump's desk— Look, man, for better or for worse, he's a simple man. Like, he's a very simple dude. Like, there's not a lot of complexity to uh, Donald Trump's worldview. If he reads this and says, hey, we've been lying to the American public for 18 years, he's the kind of guy that might just say, hey, what the fuck? 
Like, what what is going? What what are we doing? Why are we still there? So, somebody get this in front of the president. Like, somebody put this on Trump's desk. He might just be simple enough and bold enough to actually do something about it. I mean, I'm not holding my breath, but I'm just saying, if any president is going to do something about this this nonsense, it, it, maybe it could be Trump. I think that's a possibility, especially because Trump has always been very willing uh, uh, and in action and in words to pull, you know, troops out of the Middle East. And what better place to start than in Afghanistan, where there's no reason for them to be there? Like, like you said, you know, you can argue for being in Syria, you can argue for being in Iran or Iraq or, um, you know, those places. You know, we've completely like the the, you know, we've just completely decimated ISIS. Um, and it's been incredible to watch. I mean, two years uh, is pretty much all it took. But now that that work is just about done, and that's you know in a different part of the Middle East, time to time to start getting these folks home. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So, all right, I don't want to do it, but we have to. Uh, we have to. Uh, <laughs> we have to talk about the great porn war of 2019 because. Obviously, 2019 is just going going great. You you guys are doing great, everybody. You're all doing just terrific conservative movement. Uh, we're now on day five of conservatives calling for a massive increase in the size and scope of the United States federal government. Alec, your thoughts? Yeah, so I have just totally avoided having an opinion on this for the longest time. because, And by the longest time, I mean, you know, five days. Felt but, longer. It felt longer. So it does. Well, you know how fast the news cycles are these days. Everything feels longer. But I I just the debate is less about the porn and more about, you know, what sect of conservatism should be in the lead. That's right. You know, that's correct. It is. So growing up, I kind of had, you know, the idea of, you know, like uh, a Christian conservative outlook where, you know, we should legislate Christian like, like we should have Christian based legislation, uh, which, you know, kind of means, you know, marriage is one man, one woman. Uh, it's illegal to be gay. Not really. I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And that does still, you know, influence my worldview today. But as I got older and, you know, read more and got more into politics and and you know understood how how the world worked in general uh better i my my view shifted i went from being you know a christian conservative which some people sometimes consider like almost a big government conservative to more of a hey let's just let people do what they want which is a more libertarian perspective but still you know with a conservative worldview on on most things and that's where I think some people have confused conservative because it's a very broad word and covers a lot of people. But there are the Christian conservatives who are, you know, we should legislate everyone to be a Christian, basically. And then there are just the normal, well, not necessarily normal, but, you know, the, the more libertarian, small government conservatives who are saying, you know what, these things like this is America. The Constitution was not written to just protect Christianity. We should be here. Uh you know, supporting freedom for everybody to do basically what they want. So that's what the debate boils down to. It's can people do what they, 
they want or should the government step in and legislate morality? Right. And I've been attacked by friends of mine, like people that I respect a lot for you know, and being accused of like defending immorality or defending porn or anything like that. Like, guys, I'm a devout Christian. I'm a former youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a former youth pastor. Okay, I, I'm a I'm a husband of nine years. Okay, I I'm a religious Christian. Like, come on, like that that dog's not going to hunt with me. And like you said, you know, it's which sect of conservatism should take the lead. And I think it's even more more important than that, or more broad than that. It I, it's almost like the debate boils down to like what is the role of the state. Right. And then I'm, I'm accused all the right. time of being an anarchist, which I'm not far off from being an anarchist, I suppose. <laughs> like, you know, the only gripe I have with other small government conservatives is that that they're you know not radical enough for me. But um, like I'm not an anarchist. I vote. I participate in a republic. Obviously, you know, I have this podcast. I essentially try to get people to vote Republican on this podcast. So I'm, I'm certainly no <laughs> anarchist. But like I. I the role of the state, in my mind, is, their only role is to protect property rights, to enforce property rights. That's it. I mean, like, yep, that's it. Life, liberty, and property, which life is a property right as well. You have the, the right to self-ownership. So I, all rights are property rights, and the only role of the state, in my mind, is to enforce property rights. And that, that's all it is. And, like, some conservatives that disagree with us on the porn debate have actually admitted, like, no— the the role of government isn't just protecting liberty and property rights. It's also, you know, mm-hmm. justice. You know, it's it's to to be just and to promote morality and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well just that's I'm glad they admitted that. Like that is that's a good admission because now I know that I completely disagree with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't think that's the role of the state. Because what's a state? Like like that saying the role of the state is to promote justice and morality, dude, like what's a state? It's just men with guns. That's all a state is. Like, that's yeah. all a state. It boiled down what a state is. It's men with guns. Okay, what's a law? A law is what happens when you combine an opinion and a SWAT team. Okay, that's all a law is. It's just somebody's opinion and a SWAT team. And if you want to send SWAT teams after your fellow countrymen, you better have a real fucking good reason to do that. Because that's mm-hmm. all a law is. So it's like... I'm kind of just realizing that a, a serious percentage of the conservative movement fundamentally disagrees with me on what the state is and what the state should do. I think you're right about that. And I mean, honestly, that's that's what all debate boils down to at the very base, lowest level. It is what is the role of government? What is the role of the citizen? You know, that and and that's, you know, whether you're arguing with another conservative, whether you're arguing with another liberal, that is the debate. Uh, and it's really the only debate. Everything else is just frosting on the cake. You know, we can talk about something that's like flashy and edgy, like porn. And and, you know, it's really just hiding the fact that, no, we're arguing over whether or not you want to have a free people or whether or not you want to have, you know, a religious, you know, theocracy. This all started. I should have mentioned this at the top. But it all started with Matt Walsh over uh, at the Daily Wire I think he was on his podcast or something calling for the state to, to ban porn and jail uh, porn stars. Actually, he did go that, that far. Which, I don't know if he's being facetious My or gosh. not, but he actually wants to jail pornographers. I I think he was being serious about that. Um, look, like, what government program, 
Just go, like look back in the last century. <laughs> like what government program hasn't grown out of control? Also, mm-hmm. what government program hasn't been weaponized against conservatives? <laughs> like everything yeah. the government does hits bites us in the ass first. Like they're not, dude. How many good presidents? I, I'm I'm all over the place on this, but like. What the fuck do these people expect to happen? Like, to ban porn, it would take a communist China-style government takeover of the internet. Okay? Like, one, I don't want a state that's powerful enough to ban anything on the internet. But even if I wanted the state to ban something on the internet, do you think the next president's going to be Calvin Coolidge? Like, is it more likely that we're going to have a President Calvin Coolidge or a President AOC? AOC is going to be the president of the United States in the next 20 years, man. Like, sorry to break it to you. Like, Warren G. Harding isn't coming back. Like, somebody who's going to cut the size and scope of government by 50% and cut everybody's taxes by 75%. And and so, like, that, that guy, you know, like, Grover Cleveland's been dead for a long time. Like, these people are not going to take over government. Are there more Mike Lees in the U.S. federal government, or are there more Ilhan Omars? You know, there's a lot more Omars than Mike Lees. Okay, like, who, do you, who the fuck... Do you think everybody on the Supreme Court is Clarence Thomas? Like, if, if Clarence Thomas was immortal and also nine people and would be... <laughs> yeah, and so this immortal clones of Clarence Thomas occupied the entire Supreme Court? Okay, sure, maybe we can start banning shit. But <laughs> that's just... Like, who do you think is going to run the state, guys? Like, conservatives that want to ban shit. Who do you think is coming? Is 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 a Bernie Sanders acolyte going to be president, or is a Calvin Coolidge going to be president next? You know the answer. <laughs> How do you think this is going to end? In what world do you think this end well? This ends well for you. It really does. I mean, the the whole banning porn thing is it's the same debate as you know a flag burning amendment that bans flag burning. I mean, as you know, patriotism aside, it's the same debate, and it's a First Amendment issue. And the second you have control over more of what we can say, because there's already some limits on what we can say, then, you know, that, that's literally step one tyranny is control what the populace can say. So once you've done that at the state level, like you're done, you're done for. It just gets, you know, it's it's the slippery slope. I know that that's, you know, supposedly a logical fallacy, but let's not, you know, kid ourselves. Slippery slopes absolutely exist. We've been riding a slippery slope ever since, you know, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. Yeah, since the New Deal, really. Or even, you know, going back to Woodrow Wilson, actually. Um, And then we had a brief good period in the 20s with Harding and Coolidge to kind of reverse a lot of Wilson's bullshit. And then, obviously, Hoover and FDR and we know the rest. But, like, if the state was powerful enough to pick and choose what people can see on the Internet, what do you think they would actually ban? Do you think they'd actually ban porn? Or do you think they'd ban this podcast? <laughs> do you think they would ban yeah. dissent? <laughs> they would ban conservative speech? Like, you people are absolutely kidding yourselves. The government would never ban porn. But they will ban you. They would. I There's a 10 million... It's 10 million times more likely, if the state was powerful enough to ban things on the internet, that they would ban Matt Walsh before they ban Pornhub. Pornhub will be fine... Matt Walsh's ass will be off the internet. That's what would happen mm-hmm. if we had a state powerful enough to ban porn in the first place. Yep. My goodness. My goodness. 100%. All right. No more porn talk. We had to do it. I, I did it for you people. Just a couple guys <laughs> talking about porn. 
Labor of love. <laughs> Labor of love. <laughs> hey, man, it's free content. I hope you guys appreciate all this free content, by the way. But all right. So one more thing before I let you go. Uh, Time Magazine. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, nobody's surprised by this, obviously. But um, named as their person of the year for 2019, that autistic Swedish girl that uh, complains about the weather. So, yeah, I mean, obviously not not no, nothing surprising about that, man. Mm-hmm. Surprising, not really. I was I was hopeful. I was hopeful that hey maybe time will will do something good because you know sometimes they do that and they'll they'll you know they'll highlight the the Hong Kong protesters who are literally fighting for their lives, fighting for freedom and democracy against the tyrannical government of our time, China. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, what an inspiration those people are. Talk about liberty movements. Um, but no, instead we get the, the, the whiny Swedish girl who's, you know, been <laughs> skipping school for what, almost two years now. I mean, you know, that's, that's nice if you can get it. You know, if I was her age, I'd heckin' want to skip school all the time. But I, I mean, the, the blatant hypocrisy that comes out of Greta of, you know, skipping school and traveling around the world on a diesel powered speedboat, you know, <laughs> It's Gosh. and then and then, I, you know, there's there's tons of jokes about this. You know, there's you know, how many trees did time have to kill to print Greta Thunberg's <laughs> issue? There's all sorts of stuff. And then I saw I think it might have been uh, Greg Price. Um, it might have been Kevin McMahon. I don't remember specifically, but somebody, you know, put put the past two time person of the year covers side to side. And it's you know, it's a picture of Trump. Um, very dark room sitting alone in a chair. And then it's a picture of Greta, you know, on a cliff. Like white sky behind her, looking you know super triumphant. So, I mean the 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 bias is well on display. Um, disappointing moment from time. There was plenty plenty of other people they could have highlighted. They could have highlighted the dog, the terrorist dog. I know that's you know it was a very recent late year thing to happen, but I mean nothing more inspiring than a well trained, uh, happy good boy taking out a terrorist leader. Yeah, the dog. The dog's a good call. Obviously, I would have went with the Hong Kong protesters. These brave men and women mm-hmm. standing up to a brutal Chinese communist dictatorship. I mean, this is, you know, these these men and women are heroes. Uh, look, <clears throat> realistically, Donald Trump probably should have been the Time Magazine Person of the Year like every year since 2015. Because it's like, look at like the NBA. Like LeBron James should have been league MVP every year for the last like 15 years because he's the best player mm-hmm. like he's the most valuable player but he only won it a couple times because they just kind of give it to like whoever the next guy who their turn is right like Giannis won it it was kind of his turn you know what I mean like Derek Rose won it once like nobody's actually claiming these people are better than LeBron James it's just like well we're kind of bored giving it to LeBron let's give it to somebody else it's like <laughs> Donald Trump absorbs all the oxygen in the room like he's the only thing that the press has talked about for like four years now. Like mm-hmm. every news story is about Trump. Every headline's about Trump. Every conversation on television, on the radio, everything is about Trump. So if you're talking about like who is the most influential man of the year, I mean, it's obviously Trump, but it might be kind of like a Trump fatigue, like a LeBron James fatigue in the yeah. NBA. They just kind of wanted to give it to somebody else. I don't know. But realistically, let's be honest. Like, look, if, if somebody occupies like, the entire brain space of public discourse, it, they should probably be Time Magazine Person of the Year. I don't know. 
maybe time has some role where you can only win it once, but that doesn't really make sense because in 2006, they made everyone times person of the year. So, <laughs> so everyone's won it. Yeah, I mean, Greta was alive then. She was like two, so she's won it twice. It doesn't wow, seem fair to me. Her. Good for her. You're like, you got to hand it to her. That This this dumbass figured out a way to uh, get out of school for a full calendar year. So, look, man, I remember being 16, uh, and I wasn't smart enough to figure that out. So maybe she really is a genius. Maybe. All right. That's all I got, man. We really just blew through all that, but uh, it was good, man. I hope uh, hope people listen to this. I think uh, we, we got to some important shit. Not not the last topic, mm-hmm. but the first two, certainly. <laughs> so, all right, man. Hey, uh, before I let you go, where can everybody follow you online and keep in touch with you and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, since I was on the last time, my original Twitter account had actually gotten banned. Oh, that's so, right. Uh, that's rest right. In rest, rest in peace. Rest in peace. That original account, but... Um, folks can follow me now, a uh, brand new account at Alec underscore Sears on Twitter. And, uh, you can read all my, my fiery hot takes about drinking water and, and such. <laughs> what, what? I forget. Cause I think it's been several months. I forget. Uh, wh- why did they kick you off Twitter? Uh, I got copyright striked about three times in a row in one night. Um, it was from my, I made a thread <laughs> of Hope Hicks walking the music because I absolutely adore Hope Hicks. And uh, there's this great shot of her walking into uh, Congress one afternoon for her deposition. And she was, you know, just, it was honestly like a runway walk down the hallway. Everyone just kind of stopped and stared. So I put a, put a bunch of songs to it in a thread. But it was suspicious because the same night I had gotten my account taken away, I was also in a uh, very lengthy and long battle against the alt-right on, on Twitter. So there was some suspicious activity or where I was like, hmm, there's a little too close of a correlation here. I feel like they might have, you know, reported reported some of my copyright stuff out to Twitter and gotten me nailed. But we're back now. We've bounced back. We're all good. And uh, moving forward. There you go. The alt-right. My goodness. My goodness. Yeah, yeah the, the White House is much less uh, attractive without Hope Hicks around. I, I Definitely agree uh, with you there. It's it's, it's a damn tragedy. shame. It, it's a shame. It really is. All right, everybody, follow Alec uh, at Alec underscore Sears. He's great, um, and I'm sure he'll be back on soon. He's always on every couple months. So uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll be hearing from him very soon. That's all I got for today. I am Brady Leonard. I will be back on what day of the week is it? Is it Monday or Wednesday? It's Wednesday. It's I will Wednesday. be back on yeah. Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs>